0: My guys are sleeping in the streets in tents. It's freezing cold in some parts. They have to drive three, four hours to go get food and fuel and all that stuff and move Mm. it. So it's been a labor of love, but we're doing it and the need is great.
1: Welcome back to the Investing with Purpose podcast, where we explore the intersection of success and significance. We discuss alternative investment options from our experience buying hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate, but most importantly, how we're using that business to impact people in a positive way to leave a legacy that matters let's get after it. Welcome back to the Investing With Purpose podcast. Thanks for joining me again. We're going to talk about some more purposeful stuff. Today, we have a good friend of ours and one of the ministry nonprofits that we support, Rudy Atala from The Blessings Project. Welcome, Rudy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Little known fact is Rudy is not only a recipient of our donor advised funds, but he's also the president and CEO of Blessings Project nonprofit. He does all this really cool stuff. And he partners with us multiple ways on our businesses. So super excited to have him on today. Thank you. So Rudy, let's dive right in. Let's give a little bit of background where you came from, where you started, and kind of what it is that we're up to today.
0: Yeah, sure. So my background is a little bit different than most people. I was born and raised in Lebanon, Christian family. My father is Christian Lebanese. My mother's American. So my family is one of the oldest Christian families in the Middle East. In fact, my father still speaks Aramaic. On my mom's side, although American, the family was originally from Antioch, Turkey, Mm -hmm. and my grandfather on my mom's side belonged to the First Church of Peter in Antioch, which was recently devastated completely by the earthquake in Turkey. I moved to the States in 1983, 84, right after the Marine Corps barracks bombing in Lebanon. I finished my degree in biomedical and electrical engineering. I also studied physics and then straight into the Air Force to fly U.S. Air Force, I got accepted as a pilot, flew jets for a while, branched off in the Air Force, uh, special operations, and then my career took off. So the 21 years, culminating with the Mirsk, Alabama hostage rescue, the Captain Phillips story, and then I retired in 2009. Started a for-profit company, and then later on, a nonprofit company, and a nonprofit really primarily the Blessing Projects. There's so many of these online, so you have to differentiate with. So we say right. projects with an S.org.
1: And your uh, link to that will be in the show notes for anybody listening, so they can find you online and we'll make sure that it's real easy.
0: Yeah, thank you. So I started that one in 2016, and primarily I was in Kenya doing, doing some work for the US government. And one of the guys working for me at the time said, You know, why do you go to all these areas that most Westerners frequent? Why don't you go to some? Really strange parts of Kenya where the need is great. And I said, Well, give me an example. So he gave me an example of a town on the Kenya Tanzania border called Magadi. And he said, Go down there and take a look. There's a lot of poverty amongst the Maasai. You know, they need a lot of help. Long story short, one thing led to another. I went there. I saw the need. I started my nonprofit. I built a church that doubled as a school for kids that didn't have a place to go to school. So we started it with 12 children. We grew to 260 children. We started digging wells, doing agricultural projects, and then it expanded from East Africa, essentially, to the Middle East and West Africa, Latin America and different parts of the world. We focus primarily in areas where you don't see uh, large government organizations like the UN or whatever. It's just groups of people that have been forgotten, left for naught, that don't have any support. What we do is we try to come in and do community work, things that last a long time. And then once we build a small project, then we let it move on its own or we move to the next project. And so we've been very, very successful. But in the process, of course, a lot of the world events taken place, like a year ago, Afghanistan. So we got involved in moving a lot of people from Afghanistan working. I'm a veteran, I work with other veterans we moved thousands of people, of which 4,000 were actually uh, Christians. So a lot of Afghans over the years have converted and were left to not. In 2019, the Afghani government decided to change the government IDs, for example. On the new government ID, there was a spot where you can say what your religious preference was. Mm -hmm. And many of these new converts did not want to denounce Christ, so they put on their Christian. And then after the fiasco pullout, the taliban were looking for people with ids that said christians on them and killed them so we moved a lot of those folks
1: and- yeah that was an amazing project to be a part of we were able to help a little bit on that and i just listened to jocko willings podcast and your buddy mentioned you on that podcast man i forget his name but he was working Chad with Robichaud.
0: People.
1: yes Chad, yeah. yeah so they were having a great conversation and travis sent that to me and he was like hey i think this is the team that we helped get over there. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. So yeah, yeah, I mean, praise God for that. That was one of those urgent needs, right? So what I think is most incredible about what I watch you get involved in is probably because of your military career taking you all over the world is you have kind of either contacts or people that you know, on the ground in a lot of these different places. And when an urgent need arises, you jump into action, right? I mean, the Afghani thing was literally, I mean, a couple days where it was like, oh yeah, by the way, we're going to close Bagram and we're going to leave. And it was like, wait, what about all the people we're leaving behind here? And a lot of people don't even know that that stuff was going on. And you weren't the only facet of special forces guys that were doing this, right? I heard some retired SEALs also flew over there privately and like did some underground railroad with some of their translators and other guys that they had relationships with. So Really, now that it's coming out later on, it's amazing to hear some of the stories. Oh,
0: well, there's going to be a lot more stories going on. You're going to see Congress is opening up multiple investigations, so this is going to be talked about at nauseum. You're going to have a lot of people testifying. Wow, how bad it was, but yeah, it was really, really bad. But between the Blessing Projects and I run another nonprofit separately, the Nazarene Fund, but we moved over 9,500 people from August. 2021 until early December. It was busy time. We got it done. A lot of the people that we moved ended up in the UAE and Qatar. We just about finished moving them to final destination countries. Mm. So, so, and now we're very busy with Turkey and Syria. We've got five teams on the ground. The devastation, as most people know, has been horrific. Over 50,000 dead, and they're still finding bodies. Millions displaced.
1: Yeah. And then there was another, I mean, these things just keep rocking the country. We think that they're starting to get a little bit of momentum in terms of helping and rebuilding and doing these things. And then it's like, wasn't it just two days ago? I saw you post, there was another like 6.8 or something, three days ago, something like that.
0: A little bit longer, but yeah, they've had four earthquakes. Biggest one, obviously over 7.8, which was devastating. And then in between those earthquakes you've had continuous tremors our teams because the uh, turkish government is so difficult to work with and the syrian government they've been kind of turning away western Mm. ngos from supporting so i sent a lot of christians out of lebanon to go in there even though lebanon has major problems but these christian volunteers came out so we've got five teams of anywhere from six to ten people per team We're doing everything from extracting people from underneath the rubble to building tents. Uh, My guys are sleeping in the streets in tents. It's freezing cold in some parts. They have to drive three, four hours to go get food and fuel and all that stuff and move Mm -hmm. it. So it's been a labor of love, but we're doing it. And I mean, the need is great. And now we're teaming with a company called MAP. We're going to start delivering medicines, but we're going through the final stages of the vetting process. But we need to raise its $30,000 per container to move five million dollars worth of meds. So the meds wow. are donated for free. So we just have to come up to 30K and move that. Container cost That would reach a lot of people where there's no medicine and the things that, that they need. So God's been so good to us and we are so blessed and yeah. we're blessed to be partnered with you and all your listeners. Uh, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't know. That's how we get our support and our prayers. And it makes a big difference for us.
1: Yeah. So if people would just go to the website that we're going to link directly, they can donate there directly. You have yes. a donate button right there.
0: Yes. And what's a lot more helpful than one-time donations is a monthly consistent donation. It doesn't have to be big. It could be anywhere from $20 or $100, whatever you feel led. That helps us project long-term what's coming in. We can focus our money. Sometimes the one-time injections are very helpful, but burn through that. And then you just got to continue doing the work and it's hard.
1: Well, yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of people think about one-time gifts and they do one-time gifts. And through the donor advised fund, what we found overwhelmingly is that those one-time cash injections are great, but they're immediately fulfilling a need, but then there's no business plan or projections. So For us, we always do these monthly gifts because then as a business owner, if you said, hey, you're going to get a one-time closing and you're going to make a bunch of money, and then we don't know when it's going to come again, you have to plan for that. And that's nearly impossible. I mean, so whether it's family budgeting, business budgeting, nonprofit budgeting, I think educating the givers and the donors that, hey, we appreciate a thousand bucks, but man, it'd be really cool if you could do 125 a month for the next 12 months so that we can actually make some plans.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. It makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah. So I encourage you guys when you're doing that, like just think about, Hey, what is my gift going to be? And then how long can I extend this out? Typically when we're doing it, we're making two to five year commitments of, Hey, this is the monthly gift that we're going to give now. And then urgent things come up all the time. And if we're able to, we can do more than that. But what I love about even from the giving side is We know it's going out the door every single month. If an urgent need jumps in and we want to give again, great. But we know how to budget for the giving. You guys know how to budget for the receipt and what that's going to go toward. So when you guys go to the blessing projects on their website, they're going to give you a one-time option. So really pray about whether or not you can partner with them long-term because there's no shortage of need. And Rudy with his career and with his contacts and just with his family. And he is literally in so many projects. It's probably not even all on the website. I mean, you're talking about the Turkish earthquakes right now. We're talking about Afghan refugees getting taken out. You're talking about digging wells in Western Africa, which we've done with you guys too. We've done, there was the explosion in Beirut, Lebanon that devastated there. We were feeding thousands of people there. And it's all towards the recipient. I mean, Rudy is probably one of, if not the best nonprofit in terms of overhead and spending. So there's charity navigator scores and all this stuff where you can kind of see. But I mean, almost 100%, if not 100% of the donations go towards the events and, and the things that you are supporting, right, Rudy?
0: Uh, close to. Uh, two, two and a half percent is our overhead, 2.5%, and everything else goes right out the door. So
1: Insane. I mean, you'll never see numbers like that. You look at the Red Cross, it's like 60-40. It's insane. So like, And the reason I bring it up is because I want to know as a giver how impactful my money is going to be. And I understand that there's costs to organizations and there's costs to marketing and there's costs to all of these things to make sure that you're getting out in front. And the very best of them are in the 85 to 90% range. So to, see, to hear 97 and a half percent is going directly to the cost is amazing. Yeah. So, oh, and I also want to tell the listeners too something that was cool because we were running some people out of Ukraine and we had a pastor that we were supporting in the Ukraine when the war started and we were helping buy vans. And their pastors were running people out of the Ukraine, mostly the most at risk people, right? Women and children. And they had the pastors. This isn't special forces guys going in there. They're literally pastors behind the wheel, just driving as many people as they possibly can. Over a hundred people a day were getting evacuated. And we run a little nonprofit mastermind. And inside the mastermind, it's all the guys like Rudy and the other people that we support. And we say, hey, what are the current needs? What are the resources that somebody has that another person might not have? And one of the coolest stories, and I tell this a lot, I don't think I've ever shared it on a podcast though, was this pastor in Ukraine was saying, "Hey, we need bulletproof vests to wrap our refugees in. They're telling me it's going to be 30 to 45 days to get a container of these things over here. And we didn't know where to turn. That's not our repertoire. So we reached out to Rudy and Rudy was able to connect with this other nonprofit and through some of his connections, we were getting bulletproof vests and bulletproof blankets to wrap children. I didn't even know they made bulletproof blankets, frankly but we were helping fund some bulletproof blankets to wrap children in, in these vans, because if a bullet comes through the van, they're still in trouble. And man, it was just so cool to see how God is working through, you know, just different people doing different things. So even though you weren't boots on the ground in Ukraine, I mean, I'm sure you had some people there in Ukraine, you have people all over the place, but inadvertently you were able to support other people And man, it's just been so cool to see how some of those stories unfold.
0: Amen. Yeah, it's great. We try very hard. My wife and I both donate to our nonprofit as well, as much as we can. We have independent auditors that come in and audit what we're spending and everything. So we want to be very as diligent as possible to help as many people as possible. But we're out there and we're helping people in Brazil as well, Nepal, Mm. a lot of different places. We're spending a lot of time in Nigeria right now. And we're going to do Mali and Burkina Faso in West Africa that are very dangerous. But Nigeria, they have another example, most listeners have never heard of this, they have baby factories. And what that is, is they, the gangs will go out and they will find a young lady, they'll knock her on the back of the head, put her brain into a vegetative state by hitting her so hard. And then they make sure she gets pregnant and when she has the baby, they sell the baby on the black market. Or they rape girls and force them to go into these factories, force them to have children and they sell them on the black market. And there's a huge business for that. And the kids are used for anywhere from organ harvesting to ritual killings and stuff like that. So we've shut down multiple baby factories. We're doing it quietly. We've been operating and trying to shut down some of these networks in addition to helping the community. There's a lot of work that goes on. We don't advertise a lot because we, try to stay under the radar. The other thing is a lot of times people say, well, your nonprofit is not registered as a Christian nonprofit. We do that purposefully because we can go into you know Muslim countries or whatever countries operate without anybody pointing the finger. And yet we get the job done. And a lot of yeah. people get saved, healed yeah. and all that. So we do our work. We're diligent and we're grateful to have partners like you.
1: Yeah you hear stories like that. And it's like, man, how do you not believe that evil exists in the world? I mean, you see it at every turn. So to be able to combat that and for us to be a part of it, just a small part is incredible. And always praying for you guys and seeing what you've done. So as we start to wrap up here a little bit, obviously, listeners are going to want to go ahead and click on those links below and get to know Rudy and his team and see what they're doing and see where you can help out. But I always like to ask this question of our nonprofit partners, especially is You know, from flying Air Force jets to special forces to shutting down baby factories, at what point did you know that you wanted to start a nonprofit and what it was going to be purposed towards? Like, what's the story in terms of answering the call that you felt on your heart, on your spirit to say, hey, I see these needs and I'm going to go and help combat them?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, it's God. I tell you, I had no idea I was going to start a nonprofit. I wasn't even thinking that way. Mm. I just went out and found the need and tried to solve it. And it was between me pouring my heart into it, putting my finances into solving a problem. And it started in that village in Kenya in this remote place. I sat down with a village, a Maasai village chief. We're sitting under a tree. And I said, if there is anything in the entire world, if you prayed that God can give you, what would it be? He goes. I would love a church so I can worship the Lord, but I would also love a school for my children so they can go and sit because right now they sit under a tree and we try to do just the very basics with them. We don't have a place for them to go. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, let me see if I can solve that problem. So between myself, my mother, my sister, you know, family members, we pitched in and we built this church and we built this. And then I started asking friends that they would help. And we started a GoFundMe page. And finally, One of my friends turned around and said, why are you doing this? Why don't you just start a nonprofit? And, you know, people can get their deductions. And I said, okay, well, how do you do that? So I started doing some research. And one thing led to another. Of course, my wife has been very instrumental in being part of building all of this with me. And I never look back. And it's amazing how God opens up doors. It's like you solve a problem. And then the Lord opens up another door. It's like, here's another problem. And here's another problem. And then before you know it. I'm like, Lord, I don't have the resources for this. And the Lord goes, don't worry about that part. You just keep going. I will provide the resources. And I swear we have not looked back. I have not one time. I've just prayed and said, Lord, if you want me to be involved, I'm involved. You tell me which direction you want us to go. And we pray and it happens. And it's just been all faith. And we, this started in 2016. And here we are in 2023. I've never one time had to worry about a single thing.
1: Yeah. It's incredible. And it's been so fun to watch the needs getting fulfilled and just being able to say, yeah, in 2016, we were doing this one thing and now we're doing these 30 things and we'll just see where God continues to bring it. And similar to our business and how it's hockey sticked over the years in terms of what types of projects we're getting involved in and things like that, You know, same thing. It's just all faith. Like, look, if God's the CEO of our business, we don't have anything to worry about. Hey, I have all these great deals. We need great investors. Put us together. It's not hard to seek out need, but all of our nonprofit partners have been sent to us through previous relationships. I mean, your relationship with my wife's family goes back a long time. Yeah. Right. So it's amazing. And we love being a part of it. And I, I really encourage other people to get involved as well. There's also a cool video. If you reach out to us that we just did yesterday, one of the companies that runs Donor Advised Funds, where our Donor Advised Fund is. Did a really great presentation on non cash gifts. So, I think sometimes when we're talking about how do we give, and this is really for the listeners and maybe for some of your donors too, how do we write the check? I mean, most people's net worth is not in a checking account, right? right? So, most people's net worth is tied up in stocks and bonds and real estate. And what's amazing is our donor advised fund will take non-cash gifts and convert them to cash to get to organizations like yours. So if somebody was inherited a half a million dollar property that they don't want anymore, there's three ways to do that, right? You could sell it and then give some money away and keep some money. You can sell it and give all the money away, or you can actually gift that property into a donor advised fund. And as a donor, it'll save you nearly 30% in taxes if you don't do it that way and none of the capital gains gets calculated. So really cool stuff. So reach out to us to learn more about that because if you have a house free and clear, a piece of land free and clear, and you want to donate it, you'll get fair market value deductions in the year that you gift it. And you can minimize your tax bill. You can not pay any capital gains. If you have a piece of property that's been in the land, in the family for 30 years, and you're about to get rid of it, your cost basis is probably almost nothing. And the value of it that you're going to get on deductions is going to be significant. So it can really help with some tax harvesting, tax losses, all these things, while more money goes to the nonprofit because you're avoiding the capital gain and you're taking the deduction. So it gives the giver a double benefit and it gives the recipient a double benefit. So that was a really cool conversation that we had yesterday with those folks and training our nonprofits on some of these things to give them more avenues to raise more money so we can go do more, right? Bigger impact.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. What a great way to donate. And you're absolutely right on people not having Cash always readily available and donating that
1: way. They might've had a Tesla stock given to them 10 years ago. They can donate that. There's all kinds of ways that you can do this. There's more ways to give than just writing the check. I encourage you to write the check. I encourage you to give other stuff away too. I encourage you to give till it hurts because there's no impact. There's no amount of impact that we can neglect here on earth. And I'm a believer that all the stuff here in this world is great, but temporal. And the impact that we're going to make is eternal. And I'm excited. I know, Rudy, when the day is that you get to heaven, it's going to be an eruption. It's going to be a lot of uh, (laughs) a lot of parades and cheering and stuff because of all the people that you're helping. So we really thank you, brother. Appreciate you.
0: Thank you, brother. Thank you for this.
1: So for more on Rudy, I'm going to put all the links in here and follow them on Instagram, Facebook or their social medias. They put out great videos showing about what the impact is and what's going on on boots on the ground and tell your friends. Amen. All right, Rudy. Great seeing you you again, brother. Thank you you listeners for tuning in to the investing with purpose podcast. Go be purposeful. See ya. Amen. Thanks for listening to the investing with purpose podcast. If you're finding value, would you leave us a review and share this with your friends and go to investingwithpurpose.org to learn more about how to partner with us and to learn more about the nonprofits that we support around the world.